This podcast is sponsored by Happy Warrior Kava. Be a happy warrior. Drink, relax, and enjoy the strong and smooth taste of the best-selling kava in the islands. Happy Warrior Kava. Aloha and welcome to the final LA Los Angeles edition of the HNN Overtime Podcast, the Hawaii News Now Sports Podcast. I'm your host Kyle Chinin, Davis Pinner. What's up, my man? We are coming to you directly from our gate. Kyle, we're literally at the gate. We're about to board in an hour. We have some time, so we figure, why not? Let's bang out an episode. Our we got final, here pretty early. Uh, hey. It's LAX. We needed to make sure we got here on time. Yep, exactly. I don't think our bosses would appreciate us missing a flight. Not like Vegas. No, not like Vegas. Um, But yes, we are here at our gate. Just had some nice little coffee and breakfast. And as that digests, last night we were able to digest what happened. And what happened was the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors volleyball team, back-to-back champs. Kyle, what a game. What an experience, my guy. And... I think my thing will be is I'll start with you, you know, coming into the sports world here and there when we travel for you to experience that. What was it like for you? No, it was unreal. And I know we've been covering this all week and just going to the games. We've been slowly seeing more and more fans. Right. And last night was unreal. Seeing everyone travel from Hawaii Mm -hmm. and making it out. You know, Long Beach brought a good student section that night. But UH fans drowned them out. It was it was crazy. Like at first we were kind of iffy because it, it, the way the arena was set up, um, in the behind the UH side of the, of the court, they had two separate sides of the stands. One was all Long Beach, one was all UH, and we were like what ten minutes from first serve, and the UH side had maybe ten people, yeah. and Long Beach was filled. But then next thing you know, first serve, and it's pretty even. I mean, they had more people in that one particular spot, but UH came in full force. Oh, 100%. It, it felt like a game at the stand. You know, it had they, everybody at the tea leaves. It was just all this green, and, man, it was, yeah. it was a fun game. So for all of those wondering also, you know, it was a special experience for Kyle and I because ESPN was covering the game, and we weren't allowed to film. Yeah, it's some copyright so, issues. Yeah, a little and, copyright. Yeah. So Kyle and I spent the entire game just watching from the stands with the fans behind us. It, it was and crazy. It was crazy. It was exciting. Yeah. It was like, you know, we took a step outside of filming the oh, game. Oh, yeah, and exactly. We were there just enjoying it as fans. Yeah, you know, you have a kind of a jaded view, at least for me. I covered this team all year. And I was at the stand. I was all there. But, you know, you're focused on the camera. You're focused on getting the shot. You're not really soaking it in the moment. And, man, I I didn't go to this school. Like, I didn't go to the University of Hawaii. But last night I felt like a proud alumni, dude. Like, (laughs) I was clapping. I mean, it was fun. I know, same. Yeah. It was really fun. It was was definitely an experience. And let's let's get a little bit into the, the, the numbers here. So, University of Hawaii back-to-back champs they won it last year in 21 over in columbus ohio they get the title again last night against long beach state you know it's kind of their like batman versus superman or like you know marvel dc it's like their foes are going back at it. even the coaches were were making some of those uh oh yeah 
analogies before. A little uh, magic and cream, yeah. Larry Bird scenario over there, but they get it done. Like we were expecting a long haul, which don't get me wrong, it was a competitive three sets, but Hawaii got it done in three clean sweep. They get to go home, keep the trophy in the islands. I, I think it was amazing. Yeah, you know we call it a sweep, but I mean, the entire time it was it was back and forth, oh, like absolutely. nonstop. I mean, these guys were competing on a whole nother level. Like I, I wasn't ready to. I was I was live tweeting throughout the night, and I, I was I had stuff kind of pre-typed up, but I didn't. I wasn't like 100% confident because you know, if if someone had like a, a pretty significant lead, next thing you know, they're back to one point deficit like they were both just going back at it my story last night that aired on on uh, on air they i i i gave it the metaphor of a heavyweight boxing match you know like they were just trading blows back and forth it was an even matchup i would say and i think it just made for a great great match yeah and i think a lot of people were talking about it beforehand too i think it really came down to the stars of each team right, also right you have you know, Jakob Tella for us. There we go. I love it. <laughs> and Alex Nikolov, who put up insane numbers also, tw- 20 kills. Alex Nikolov put the team on his back. Like, the fact that he was able to put up that kind of numbers and in, in three sets is insane, regardless if they won or not. Three sets of work, and that's the number you get, is crazy. So he's player of the year. And, and of course, another guy who... You know, a lot of Hawaii fans might be jaded and thinking was should have been player of the year in Tela. Um, you know, he put on another show. Like he had to be the leader of that team. He's the floor captain for a reason. And and again, you know, you know, you made this um, this note to me as we were walking through the airport. Tela is a stone cold killer. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. He keeps a straight face and he keeps his team yeah. at ease. You know when maybe sometimes it wasn't going their way. But he's just that constant, even-keel guy. And dude's only a junior, so we get him again. And that's the scary thing about this team is all of the starters coming back. Yeah. None of them are seniors. They're all super young, and they have this experience. And, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if we keep talking about them in the national championship conversation for years to come. And, you know – Hopefully in, in the next few years, this game, this championship, this tournament starts growing. You know, a lot of the people that cover volleyball year-round, they always talk about, you know, growing the game and how the NCAA kind of gives it kind of the backseat towards their other championships. And, you know, there's a hashtag I saw on Twitter. It's it's the best. It's called they, – they've been hashtagging hashtag NCAA's best-kept secret because this is – an exciting match this is mm-hmm. high level volleyball yeah it is the best of the best going these guys are going to go play in the olympics like these are guys that or go to europe too go to europe i mean a lot of them are going to go get world championships you know olympic gold in the future like this is high level stuff and i really think they should you know bank on it you know invest yeah. in it but now i gotta ask you too this was a sweep yeah and you covering the last time they played right long beach that was also a sweep but yeah. that wasn't really it didn't feel like a sweep no right I, did this remind you of that last one it did like in the early goings of of each set i knew that it was gonna definitely go back and forth but these two teams have played each other four times this season twice at long beach once at uh and 
the fourth time here at a neutral site in UCLA. But, you know, they were going back and forth in the Big West Championship two weeks ago as well. But the score just kept getting higher and higher. They had to go to deuce every set. This one, I had a, I had a feeling that these sets were going to go long. But, you know, whatever UH scouted in those two weeks or whatever they did differently this time, they had the number to where they could close out sets in regulation to get the job done. So it did feel a little bit more like a sweep, but not, I mean, I don't want to sound like that guy, not like the, the sweep we got in the opener against North Greenville. You know, that one was kind of a, let's, you know, how you doing, yeah. keep it moving type of thing. This one, you know, it could have really gone either way. Yeah, exactly. And it was so cool. I mean, once once we nailed that last, last shot at the yeah. end, they rushed the court. I mean, we were talking about Stoneface Tella, but he finally showed emotion finally at the end. Finally showed emotion. Uh, it was just a special, you know, sight, seeing all the fans cheering, players Absolutely. hugging each other. We were on the floor witnessing yeah. all of that and just I mean, the yeah. sheer emotion uh, I got, going yeah. throughout. I, I, covered this, I covered last year's national championship from home, you know, with COVID and everything. I didn't go up to Columbus, but, yeah, being there on the floor, it was insane. It was amazing. And, you know, the celebration continued throughout the night, throughout the rest of the ceremony and whatnot. And, you know, in their post-game presser, there was a lot of emotion as well. Um, Coach Wade, I've never really seen him show any emotion, but he was wearing this necklace last night. It was the first time I've ever seen it, too. It, it was, a, I believe, I, I, I don't know what animal bone it was, but it was a bone um, necklace, um, a little hook thing. It was really beautiful. But he, he started off his press conference by saying, like, that was given to him by... Um, a kupuna or an elder um, in the community back home that has been with this team all year, and he told him to, you know, wear it when you guys play for another natty. And, you know, I've never seen Coach Charlie Wade get choked up. He's a pretty confident kind of stone-faced guy as well, but, you know, he got choked up with that. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff um, during the, that presser. Um, one note, Spiros Hawkus was named um, MVP, so good for him. That's another young guy, another... Um, another Greek freak on this team. Two guys from Greece. It's so crazy. Love me some good Greek food, to be honest. That's a side note. But, um, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll get to the rest of this presser and um, see you guys on the other side. Um, 2022 National Champions Rainbow Warriors. We have the University of Hawaii with us, head coach Charlie Wade, and players Jakob Tella and Spiros Hakas. We'll start with an opening statement from the coach, go to questions in the room, and then Zoom. Yeah, obviously, uh, we, we came out and played pretty well. I thought, you know, we, there's the fourth time we've played, it the second time in, in the last couple of weeks, and literally the fourth time like the last month. So it was a. Um, we're very familiar with what was going to go on out there. Um, that doesn't always ensure that you're going to execute. And uh, I thought our guys were pretty locked in. We had a, a pretty good night from the service line. Um, certainly were good when it counted. Um, and just want to, you know, uh, congratulate Long Beach for an unbelievable season. You know, again, we seem to be playing them for championships, whether it's in our league or national championships, uh, all too often here. It's, um, it's great to represent the Big West. Uh, on a national stage. Um, I have to thank all the, the people, the, the fans from Hawaii that came out here. Just unbelievable support to, you know, and just the, 
tremendous amount of aloha that they show for us. Um, I also want to thank a very special man and part of our program, um, Judge Thomas Kalakakui. He's a uh, um, very respected kapuna elder in, in Hawaii and uh, has helped us learn a lot about Hawaiian culture and, and warrior culture specifically. Um, he gave me this uh, boar's tooth necklace uh, in December and he said, when you play for the championship again, uh, I'd like to see you wearing that. So, uh, Judge, thank you very much, and uh, we're bringing home the trophy. Good job. For question, Van Lopes here from Off the Block. Question for the players, just take us through, what are your emotions right now after a year's long work being national champions again? I mean, yeah, words just cannot describe the way that I feel now. I'm just super proud of all the guys. It's, it's a team sport, and today is a team win for all of us. It's not just a win for for ourselves in the program, it is a win for Hawaii, and that's what means everything to us. And today we'll just come out there and have fun and enjoy the game that we're all playing. I couldn't be more proud. Yeah, uh, it feels amazing. It shows how much we've worked during the season. It shows that we've all been dedicated to that, what we're doing. We show up to the gym every day, uh, wanting to be better and wanting to improve. And I think that shows a lot. Uh, we accomplished that, and we're super proud of everyone. And then, Jakob, for, for you, that second game, you're down 10-5. You go on a 5-0 run. You have an ace, some crazy rallies going on. What do you think specifically was the key for you guys being down five, five points to rally back in that second game? I mean, you just got to stay, stay true to your scouting report and staying true to yourself. For me, just going in there, I just always enjoy those moments when we're done, and I just embrace that attack mode. You always got to be there. You don't want to make good plays, and you want to make good serves. And for me, I just love being in those un, more uncomfortable zones and just kind of push that limit all the, as much as I can. And today was a new opportunity for me to kind of show that. And yeah, I mean, I just love those moments. We're going to go to Alan in the back and then to the 526 Coach, and then back row again. We've waited so long to get a national title for Hawaii. This one's 364 days later compared to 34 years. Is it one of those things where the first one happens and you've got to prove the second one's not a fluke, or the second one proves <laughs> it's not a fluke? Yeah, I, I mean, I. I, I really, I, you know, I, I thought we were in pretty good position all year long. I never really thought we were that far away, even, you know, there's, there's some nights we didn't play very well, but, you know, we, we know we had good players. We knew we had guys around the floor last year when we won, and, you know, we have, uh, we've been in this situation, you know, pretty frequently, and, and uh, I think we have a pretty good understanding on what we have to do on a daily basis to prepare us to get to, you know, late in the season in April and May and, uh, and win and, and, you know, we never take it for granted. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I, thought we were, I thought we were close from the start of the season that we had a chance to do this and uh, just proud of the guys and they bought in and just always kept working and improving and, um, yeah, it's uh, certainly a lot of fun. And for the players, how does this one compare to uh, last year's? Uh, for me, it's definitely different. Last year, I had a different role in the team. I was more of a serving sub. The feeling is still amazing, but when you just know that you've contributed more and you've achieved that with the whole group again, it's just amazing and it feels great. Yeah, and with all respect to Rado, Gage, Jackson, Patrick, and Colton, this one feels better. Uh, just having a whole new team this year and just the work that we've shown and like how just work we hard, how hard we work in the practice room every single day. Just when, this one is sweeter, I would say so for sure. With all due respect, though, <laughs> I love I love all my guys. <laughs> okay, we're going to the five six two now.
Thanks. Uh, Charlie, obviously, if you're sort of you know, drawing up a, a matchup of how you guys lined up, um, your block, obviously, you knew coming in was you know, an advantage you guys have. Did that play out the way that you expected it to um, with the way you guys were out blocking them? Yeah, we started off you know, really kind of dialed in and touched a lot of balls, which, again, you, you kind of know what's going to happen. It doesn't always uh, end up that way. So, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I thought we were pretty dialed in on the scout report and, and so familiar with playing the team, like literally four times in a month. Um, pretty front of mind for everybody. And, uh, you know, just stoked to see the guys get out there and get after it. You know, I. Uh, I thought our serving really kind of, you know, that's what sets up our defense, right? Um, you know, Jacob served, what, 18, 19 times tonight without an error and, uh, and really got him in trouble, put some pressure on him. And, uh, you know, we, we just fell under. I think we were over most of the time. And I've said this, when we serve in bounds at 90% or higher as a team, we win 100% of the time. There's never been a night that we've not served in bounds as a team at over 90. We were around 88, 87 the whole year. And I think we finished right on that number this year or tonight, you know, like 88, 89%. And that's, that's with guys going back there and really trying to high out. And it's been something, I, and I mentioned it last night, what Ball State was so impressed with what they were doing. It's something that we believe is possible. We, we still think we can go out there and serve 100% in, at any given night. Um, and it, it's, it's almost like it, it, there's a, a school of thought that it's not possible, that they're mutually exclusive, that if you're going to serve tough, then you're going to accept these errors. And uh, um, we feel differently, and we train differently. And uh, I think we're, uh, we've shown that we can be a pretty good serving team. We were, we were among the lead leaders in aces the entire year and probably led the country in efficiency. So when you're the most productive and the most efficient, um, that's a good position to be in. Um, we're going to go to Kyle and then Cindy. This is for Yeah, I mean, really, we are, uh, we're so blessed and so humbled, the kind of support that we get. I've said, you know, volleyball's a big deal in Hawaii. This is not, you know, and I, something that I recognized early on, I got there in August of uh, 95, and the first night was a sellout. We played Texas uh, on the women's side, and, you know, I was hooked, and it's, it's been um, an incredible journey, and, you know, we're, we're, like I said, so blessed that people in Hawaii um, support Hawaii athletics and volleyball's got a little special place in our culture and we're thrilled that we're able to bring so much joy and pride to our fans and uh, and bring home another championship. Yeah and I mean it's just super special this year having all the fans here with us and just seeing the support that they give both here but also we know that we always play with them in our hearts when we're out in the court and we just can't wait to get back and and see everybody again because we love our fans and uh, this means everything to us so yeah, definitely. Um, for all of you, you know, you folks play for an entire state, but uh, this was uh, Josh Walker's last match with you folks. Um, how important was he in this championship run to you guys? I can, def I can speak, I can talk all day about Josh Walker and the effort he puts in and how important it is to our, our success for sure. And he's always like the main guy, always the, the guy behind the scenes making all the scouting reports. And 
he's pretty much putting up our whole plan, like our whole game plan for the games. And today we executed that plan, and we always trust our coaches. We trust um, everybody on the team to kind of follow that game plan. And yeah, I mean, without Josh, we wouldn't be in this position. Yeah, Josh has been a. Uh, um, oh. oh, go ahead. Me? Good. Yeah, Josh has been an incredible, incredibly important part of this puzzle. Actually, today we're doing this counter report before the game, and I thought to myself, "Wow, this is the last time that Josh is gonna explain us and show us the video." So it just kind of got in my head, and I was like, "We gotta do that for Josh." So I'm happy we we did it, and super proud of him on whatever he does. Yeah, I'm a big Josh Walker fan, and have been literally since before I met him. Um, he's uh, he's a great coach, and he's a better man. Um, just you know, so proud of him and what he's done and what he's become, and know that he's going to be successful. Uh, he will be a head coach sooner than later, uh, and it'll be a very good one. He's a great role model for uh, everyone that he's in front of, and um, certainly wish him and Tehani and the rest of their family uh, nothing but aloha in the future. Okay, we're going to take one question from the back row, and then we're going to go here and then to Zoom. Coach, you What you know, it's a, a lot goes into it, right? I mean, I've said too, and not this is not in a negative way at all. That my job as the the head men's volleyball coach in Hawaii is a lot different than uh, most other volleyball coaches in the country. There's a lot of stuff that goes with it, and um, you know, I absolutely embrace that role. Um, <clears throat> you know, and then when when there are people in our community that. You know how much it means to them, and and you know Judge Kalakakui is someone that I have just immense respect for, and he's come and spent time with our with our team and helped us um, and helped me learn about Hawaiian culture, Hawaiian language, and you know I feel uh, obligated that uh, that we share Hawaiian language and Hawaiian culture and and anything about Hawaii that we can. Uh, as often as we can, and um, you know, we could go in all the stuff about the alaka'i, our leadership matrix, and you know, it's a big deal. You know, my children have Hawaiian blood in them, and it, I take that very seriously. They're, they, you know, ten kamehameha uh, kapalama campus, and um, I'm so proud to uh, to represent the state. And yeah, I get emotional about it for sure. For the players, on a little bit more of a technical note, uh, it looked like uh, we're, you're focusing more on the big today, and it was pretty open, at least for the most part. What were you seeing there from the setting position? And then Spiros, what were you seeing uh, to attack the block from the back row so effectively? Yeah, a couple days ago, Jacob said we have a lot of secret weapons. He didn't reveal them, but that was one of them. <laughs> uh, it worked out pretty well, yeah. Uh, we knew how to do it. We, we executed it well, and it was pretty effective. Yeah, like Spur is saying, we like we like secrets and we like secret weapons. Um, and I mean, like we've been working on the big for for so long. We know that's one of our our key uh, a key part of our offense. And just getting out today with incredible passing, everyone's like really doing a really good job. Uh, the passers, Chas, um, Brett, and Spiros. And yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to be able to run the game and run the offense, and the guys just being able to make it swings and really doing that today. Okay, we're going to go to a question on Zoom. Brian. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering your, your thought on uh, 
job you guys did against the Kalov today, and whether it was a matter of knowing he was going to get you know a certain number of kills and and then limiting the other guys that they present. Yeah, you know he still ended up with 20 kills in three sets and hit 400. He's a pretty amazing player, and you're it's one of those you're you're not going to stop him. You just got to try to slow him down and. Um, you know, I, we were able to enough. He only had five hitting errors on, you know, what it was, 40, almost 40 attack attempts. So he's a really good player. Um, there are no doubt, you know, and I, I, fortunately, he didn't really go off on the service line. That's where he can be even more damaged, where he'll get, go on runs to get multiple points in a row. And I thought we did a good job of getting him off the line quick tonight. And uh, one follow-up for you. I asked Coach Knight this preceding you guys just about the number of young, talented players on both your guys' part and then the Beach's part. How do you see this, uh, you know, Big West rivalry, rivalry playing out in the years to come? Well, certainly the Big West is, you know, we're four in a row here and uh, kind of the gift of COVID. Everybody's <laughs> still got eligibility and keeps playing. So, um, like I said, I'll never take being in this position for granted. But... Um, we know we got some good players coming back, and literally everybody that uh, is contributing to our team right now, I think for both teams, are, uh, are back again next year. So um, the Big West will be at the, the top of men's collegiate volleyball once again. Okay, we're going to take one last question from Alan in the back. Um, international players, what do you think this means to the international landscape you do with your fellow countrymen, but also with all just the international flavor that this might be for colleges? Yeah, I mean, just speaking for my country and myself, I mean, volleyball is a tiny sport. No one really knows about volleyball, but we've seen that we have success in beach volleyball, and now we're having more success in the in volleyball as well. And I mean, for me, it's just it's incredible coming here to the United States, where volleyball is so big and it's so well promoted. And yeah, I just I couldn't yeah could be more proud of being here in the United States and compete than just bring that Norwegian uh, influence to the whole uh, the whole league. Uh, yeah, and for me, definitely volleyball is a very different culture back home. Uh, just coming here and playing in these arenas, just the big gyms with the crowds, is just amazing. Something that I couldn't, I, I don't think I would ever dream of. Uh, it's really different. Uh, and I hope that many people, by seeing Dimitrios and I, uh, they want to taste their dreams and they want to come play in the U.S. because it's just a great environment and you can do pretty much everything you want. Well, there you have it. Lots of emotions we heard from Tella. <laughs> yeah. He was sharing some of his feelings and everything. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, it, you just feel good about these guys. Everything that they went through this year and mm -hmm. just an incredible matchup against a really great team. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. It was just an unbelievable night, an unbelievable week. Um, it was. Thank you, my friend, for accompanying me and going through this journey with me and you know, we, we, we did a lot. No, I got to ask you, Kyle. Yeah. Not coming to California as much. Yeah. This is, it's been a while. It has. What, what were your thoughts about California? We hit up, we hit up some good we restaurants. We hit up some really some good restaurants. Some little landmarks. Some, some key go-tos, you know, the in yep. and outs and the Chick-fil-A's that we don't get back in Hawaii. Um, I, I, I do say I do like my in and out. Um, and then we hit up some good burrito places. Lots of burritos. A lot of this burritos week. this week, which I'm not complaining about. And you know, just being in LA it was fun, man. And and you you're teasing me, but I, I was a little cold. I went to school in Iowa, 
but I got to come home for two years and I reacclimated, man. My so body I'm gonna was... make fun of Kyle here. Uh, oh no! The very first live shot, he was wearing a sweatshirt and a jacket. I know. On top of that, I was cold. Um, yeah. Some and people, while we were doing that, yeah. there were students walking past us, like in tank tops, tank, and tank tops and shorts. I was, I was, I received a text from some people saying, "You look like you're reporting from Alaska, not Los Angeles. What are we <laughs> doing?" And I'm like, "Guys, we just got off the plane. I'm still. I need to adjust, man. And hey, I'll take it. That was a good excuse. Yeah, I'll take it. There you go. I'll take it on the chin. But I, I will say, uh, Los Angeles was super fun. The Airbnb we were at was great." A lot of great hospitality all around from UCLA to the other, you know, teams and all that. Any Anyone that we interacted with, great hospitality. I had yeah. such a great time. Great uh, campus. Great campus, actually. Great environment. You know, I think we're ready to commit. I think that was our official visit. We're yep. going to commit. Let's call up the coach now. Yeah, class of 2027. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, that is going to do it. We have to hop on a plane right now, head back to Honolulu. Davis, any last words? Missing an out. Uh, we just, yeah, we should have got it. We should have got time. it one more time. Oh well. Oh well. Oh, but well. you know that does it for us yep. in LA. As they say in Hollywood, Kyle, that's a wrap. Oh, that's a good one. You like that? Dude, that was a that's great That's a good one. way to that end was, it. That was a great one. Uh, but thank you guys all for listening so much and joining Kyle and I on this journey. That's right, Davis. And to listen to any of our other H and N podcasts, you can. Head to Spotify or wherever you get the rest of your podcast needs. For Davis Pittner, I'm Kyle Chinen. Let's get on this plane, bro. Peace.